Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Clint from Olympic Fit in Plano, Texas. What's up, Clint? How are you today? Doing very good. It's a rainy, dreary day in Dallas. It doesn't happen oh, no. often, but well, you got me on a rainy day. <laughs> Man, those days it's always hard to get going and, and stay motivated. Actually, no, it's my best workout days ever. You know why? There's less people in the gym because they don't That's show up. That's true. Days. That's true. Good point. All right, cool. So let's jump right into the details here. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? Um, so I'm, I'm going to put that on my partner, funny enough, um, because th- this was, this actually was his dream, right? Olympic fitness. Okay. Um, so I, I can talk about him for a little bit here. So my partner, he, he's an Olympic sprinter. Um, he's been in the track and field game for the better part of 20 years. Very well known. He actually has the number one, uh, track and field show on YouTube right now. Um, Called race take. If, you want, if, if you're in track and field, watch race take. Okay, you're gonna laugh yourself silly and learn a whole lot about track and field and how to run. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's it's like watching. It's if you took Kevin Hart and Chris Rock and you, you mix mix them together and put them on a show. Oh my gosh, that, that's, that's my partner. That's it. <laughs> so anyway, so it's always fun around here. Anyway, so he had some guys approach him. They wanted to they wanted to open a gym. Some of his clients, right? Uh, he we were already working in tandem on another deal for clothing, a clothing manufacturer. And um, he's like, look, I don't know anything about gyms. I don't know anything about it. I know I had trained people. I know I get people fast. I don't know anything about this gym stuff. I was like, okay, let's see, let's talk. So we, we had a lunch. I went over, here's all the stuff you got to do if you're going to have a gym. Um, small scale, big scale, whatever. Because I, I did almost open one back in 2000. And I've, I've been a part of both like huge 30,000 square foot facilities and little tiny Hole in, the, hole in the wall, you know, training facilities, right? So mm-hmm. I've been on both, both sides of that. So depending on what you want to do, here's what, here's how you got to go about doing this stuff. Um, right. And he's like, okay, cool. Calls me two days later. You want to open a gym with me? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, well, uh, let, me, let me think about it. Uh, and, and here I am. Um, and, you know, making this thing happen completely different yep. than because we had, we had to mothball this project for two years. Um, and not even because of COVID. Actually, I wish we would have opened during COVID, but um, just to prove some of our stuff would work. Uh, but, okay. Because uh, I, I I love I love what y'all do on, on Gym Lodge Gym Lords. I mean, I've, I've been actually if it, y'all have given me a lot of great ideas. It people seriously listen to all the stuff that they do. Um, you're gonna get some great ideas for how to, to survive the worst times and, and thrive as well, yeah. right? Depending on mm-hmm. what the size of your gym is. Um. So, yeah, essentially, I, I blame my partner for me getting involved in this craziness. <laughs> <laughs> it's all him. It's all his fault. <laughs> so, yep. um, and uh, so, yeah, it's, you know, I've, I've gotten to where I'm, I'm like the, the back end guy, right? So I'm the guy back here on the computer making stuff happen and still pumping out programming and uh, things like that. And he's definitely the 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 voice in the face of, of the gym. Cause he needs to be, because I mean, uh-huh. if, if anybody saw the logo back here, you'd, you'd know why. Cause I do stuff like create that stuff to show right. 
that really is happening internally if you actually look at it. Um, so, but yeah, that's, that's, that's my foray into, into, into this, into this gym experience, which has been an experience. Let me tell yes, you. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to give everybody some things to watch out for and do not ever do on here to do yes. not ever for the, yeah. you need to check out before you do. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Those are even more important a lot of the time. We got involved in one of those. It worked out really well for us. Okay, good. (laughs) All right. So we'll definitely touch on some of those things in just a second. But as far as your business model, how you structure things within the facility now, what does that look like? Are you doing group classes, um, personal training, semi-privates? What is, how do you structure things? All the above. All the above. So the original model was they have all of it, right? Um, we the the training side isn't where it's going to be. Um, it just it kind of is what it is right now to 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 be functional. So uh, we do training. We we have time blocks, okay? Because small facility, right? I mean, we're we're in a medical office building, um, and we're we're about to do some expansion. We're we're about to almost quadruple in size overnight. It's gonna be awesome uh, in in wow. the same space because we got a lot of well, we got a lot of rooms in here. Right. So a lot of those you can go away. So we, we have functionally about 800 square feet of training space. Okay. So only fit so many people in there. So we've had to do a, pl- a time block system of personal training happens at these times. Uh, semi-private happens at these times. Uh, large group, large group, can't really fit up a large group. A large group happens at these times. <laughs> large groups, we go outside because we're across the street from a high school. So we got open fields. We got football fields. We got tracks, all that stuff. All the stuff that we need is here. That we didn't have to pay for, and it's awesome. Um, That's nice. Yeah, we pay their taxes, right? So uh, <laughs> we're so technically paying for it. Um, but um, this this way, we have facilities that we need for what we do with with because uh, we've got NFL football players, we've got uh, track and fields, high level. We're talking world champion caliber runners here. That you're watch everybody, watch out this this year. You're gonna see our people out there when their logos on. Um, not yet, not yet. We're holding, we're holding off until everybody beats themselves early in the season because um, we're smart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, we we have all of those, right? And and for different reasons at different levels, right? So we don't have just athletes here. We want the families in here. We want the youth athletes. We want the general, general public that just needs to get healthy and in shape in here. So right. we've got it sectioned out to to be able to, to handle those at certain times of the day uh, for certain types of classes, uh, this like that because we do have spin we get stick mobility which nobody else in dallas has uh i've developed five different classes myself that we're actually we can get into this later but we're i'm gonna do, we're gonna start doing our own technically certification programs i'll be able to teach these classes at, at, at mm-hmm. that's why there's only going to be one of ours we want to be able to put what we, what we do out there into um into the world so everybody else can use it and be a benefit to to, to their gym and to everybody that they're training Right. This way they, they have stuff that's highly effective and it's not going to injure people when done properly. Right. Um, it's, 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 you know, it's, it's to make life better um, as opposed to some of the wild crazy stuff that I see out there, which is really cool and fun. But unless you've been training for like three or four years and you're ready to get injured, it's, it's not the best thing for you. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, that's, that's really the goal here is to help some high level athletes get to a higher level and still be able to live afterwards because most athletes after their career is done, they're, they're broken, completely broken in every way, shape and form. But we don't, we don't want to see that happen because I mean, Ray's had to go through that himself and watch a lot of people go through that, go through those things. Um, we also want them to be broke because broke, 
pro athletes is never a good thing. So we want to help out with that, that aspect too. So um, that's actually the, the real goal with this thing is to uh, help get people complete and healthy uh, for whatever they're going to do, whether it's just living life or if they're going for a gold medal, right? Because uh, okay. you still live uh, at, at the end of the day. Right. All right. And now how many members are you currently serving within the facility as a whole? Uh, so right now we're roughly around 60 or 70. Uh, that's with all okay. the students. Um, and we got programs just for student athletes that we do. Uh, that's, that's like the medium-sized groups. It's, it's a group of 12. We cut it at 12 and then a new, new group starts, right? Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got those. We've got, a, we've got a few family plans out there now. Those are finally starting to happen. I'm, I'm really happy about that one. Yes, absolutely. Let's see if it happens. Because um, the parents are here, right? And they're just sitting around. It's like, we got to mm-hmm. do something to get the parents off their butts. Yes. Uh, you kids, go do this. And they're looking at their parents like, why don't you do something? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. 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 Might as well get them involved too. Hear that. Which, although some of the kids are, are not liking that right now because mom is in there doing footwork and kind of making the kids look bad. Also, mom's looking really good, and all the other kids are starting to notice mom's looking really good. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> that creates another issue. <laughs> Mom, don't worry at your own time. Don't be here with everybody else. No, you can't come over. <laughs> right. Oh man. Uh, so. Um, so now, as far as growth goes, and marketing, and getting the word out there about what it is that you do, how do you go about doing that? How do you go about getting new people in the doors? Honestly, word of mouth. Um, the, the the issue that we have right now, one is size, right? We can only grow so big. You know, you, mm-hmm. The fish can only get as big as, as the bowl that's in, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we have a size issue right now, which is which is why we're going to do the expansion. We can only fit so many people in here at one time. So, uh, And we didn't want to grow too fast. Like We, we wanted to perfect some things, um, mm-hmm. try some stuff out before we started getting bigger. Uh, and run into issues and problems because you know one issue you can have is growing too fast, right? And not being able to handle all the incoming and having the people to service the people coming in properly, right? Uh, then you know, if you have overruns on on your scheduling, somebody shows up at a different time, you know, it's 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 a it's a whole issue. And everybody everybody will run into that at some point. I'm, I know we will here. I'm I'm trying to keep us from doing that um, mm-hmm. as as much as possible. So it's most of it's word of mouth, partly because Ray. Like people know, right? We have people coming in from out of state to train with us on the track side, right? The uh, same thing for some of our student athletes because he was involved in the student athlete program. So a lot of them are here. Other parents talk, other parents brag, right? Oh, this is what, how's your kid doing? Oh, because we train over here. You did it. Right, you know, right. <laughs> it's Dallas, there's a lot of one upsmanship here. If you did that, mm-hmm. the student athlete climate here is nuts. If these kids are like pro, they're treated like pro athletes by the time they are like eight or 10 years old. Wow. Like parents chill for a second. Yeah. Major yet. Okay. Right. Actually, no colleges are looking at him, but still, still wait, wait, wait till yeah. 16, 17 before we start really just throwing the pressure on them. Cause they, they can't yes. handle it. Here's a no. game. Play for a little bit. Um, right. Yeah, absolutely. That's a lot. That's a lot for yes. a eight or 10 year old um, kid. So yeah, mostly right Everything right now is word of mouth. I do I do have a mail out campaign now, very specific mail out campaign uh, in certain segments around us um, for people that are moving into the area because they need a gym, right? Um, mm-hmm. 
they haven't had any good or bad experiences. We'd rather have them come here and have a really good experience and then we'll leave as opposed to getting a bad experience someplace else and being tarnished on the whole gym thing. And, oh God, you're just another one of those, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And then we have an, another area over here with existing people that there's no way to, to get to them through social media. I mean, we're talking, these are like the multi, multi, multi-millionaires. They're not on social media. Maybe their kids are, but they don't care. They're not looking at it. You can't get them to get to them through that. Um, so we do have a specific program going to them uh, through a private company to specifically target that area um, and give them a reason to come in. Because honestly, they don't have any reason to come in because they've got facilities in their houses like that. We can, we'll come over and see them, right? But to get them in here, they got to have a really good reason to leave their palatial mansion, come out into the public and do something, mostly because right. we're private and they they can't get what we have here anywhere else. Uh-huh. One is exclusivity. Two is training around some of the people we've got, right? Because uh, when you're on the level, you're like, well, hey, I'm, I'm the top of my industry. Well, we're working with the tops in their industries. So that's right. where you're Right. So it's, it's the exclusivity piece of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and this way we get several of those. Then we can kind of close close up shop right now, essentially from a marketing standpoint and say, okay, we have this, we have these people we can manage. This is, what this is how much we have coming in from each person that's in the door. Mm-hmm. We maximize that. We can keep it small, private as we want to. Plus, plus we, we, got, we got a surgery center above us. So all the lift tech stuff, okay. stem cells, we have that here. In fact, we have a chiropractor moving in. So we're, we're going to have a full facility for everything that you uh-huh. need for health and wellness here. That's very private because we're not talking. <laughs> right. I have okay. Like, okay. So who, who do you train? I'm like, I can't tell you. What do you mean you can't? I can't tell you. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you until you see them on game day. And if they're wearing our logo stuff, then you're going to know. But until then, then you'll know. <laughs> Or if they post stuff from training here in the gym, but we're not going to post them unless they say, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Throw me on there. No, right. no, we're going for privacy, anonymity. You know, we, we want to be a, the secret weapon until people, until they want people to know what their secret is. Um, right. Yeah, absolutely. So now are there any other, which I think you alluded to this earlier, um, but any other services that you're providing within the facility as far as, um, you know, nutrition, accountability, things of that nature. Are you doing any type of supplementation, any retail, uh, just other streams of revenue for the business? Yes, all of it. Um, so we, we have our tissue issue room, which is a part of the training, right? So people don't pay extra for that. That comes, we, we, we have built a cruise ship here, right? So everything is included in the membership. If you pay one price, you get all of it. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's for everybody. Right, so I got all my all my lotions and potions. We got the massage guns. We got red light therapy. We got some uh, the the little tins units, stuff like that. Uh, we do a little bit of uh, tissue work, very specifically for whatever's needed. Um, so we, that's included. Um, uh-huh. We do have supplements as well. Um, everything. Some of well, we have DNA. We'll start off here. We have DNA testing. One because we want to know. Okay. Right, I want to know from a training standpoint, genetically what you need, right? Do you need longer warm-up times? Do you need longer cool-down times? Do you not need any of those? Should, you, should we work on strength-based stuff? Should we work on cardio-based stuff? What's going to get your body to do what it needs to do and not cause you harm or injury? Same, uh-huh. thing, same thing on the dietary side. 
from a dietary standpoint, genetically, what should you be doing? Forget about right. the out there. What, what energy sources does your body want to run on from a genetic standpoint? Um, should, should you do these little starvation diets or not? Uh, <laughs> all, the, all, the, all the fasting stuff, right? Right. Starvation. Um, yeah. Because some people do not do well on those at all. They will, they'll have uh-huh. the worst rebound effect you've ever seen in your life. Uh, and not just from a, bias, a, a stress standpoint, it will destroy their adrenals. Uh-huh. Um, so we want to make sure that whatever they're doing, they're doing properly and well. As long, if, if they want to do the testing, right? If they don't want to, then we'll do our best guesstimate guesswork that you're going to get uh, on that uh-huh. stuff. Because we, we do have some, some dietary guidelines put out there. Uh, I do have a, a group that I'm going to work with on that. Uh, this way, it kind of takes us hands off from the dietary standpoint, and it's already pre-programmed. They've got a great uh, white label system, um, phenomenal white label system on that. Uh, and then, of course, you know, full line of supplements. Uh, you know, I've been with the company for seven years uh, on that stuff. So we'll, we'll use theirs because it's, if they're on medications, you know, like that, it's basically custom creates around anything and everything in your life, your lifestyle, what you need, the genetic piece of it, blood work, um, any no medications, which is a huge one because a lot of people are on medications. They don't want to tell you what they're on. And if you give them a supplement that does not play well with their, with their medications, you're going to cause some issues and you don't want to be the yes. one that those issues. You really don't. No. Like most of them should stay out of the supplement business because from a liability standpoint, it's a major, major liability. I used to run a supplement company and used to do product formulation. So I get that piece of it. Uh-huh. And there's a lot, of, a lot of stupidity that happens unintentionally that people right. just don't realize. So, yes. uh, so we want to be very, very intentional with, with anything we do with somebody. Um, let's see, what else do we have here? Oh, yeah, my, my sauna. My, the best thing I've ever bought for this place in the world, okay? <laughs> uh, so I got, I got an infrared sauna. That comes complimentary. I wanted to charge people for it. It's, it just didn't work, right? So uh-huh. um, into the membership. Um, <laughs> so... But all of our athletes, they go in there before and after workouts. It helps out with recovery. But it's not just in any infrared sauna because I know how it works is out there. They've got a really cool model uh, where you're working out in, inside the infrared saunas, right? So ours are more for recovery, relief, stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's got uh, light therapy for mood enhancement. Uh, I've got uh, the audio on it is it's waves. So it's we're doing beach therapy in there, which I didn't know was a thing until somebody told me it was a thing. Um, just like, you've got beach therapy in there. I was like, Beach, what is beach therapy? It's like you're doing beach therapy. I was like, oh, I gotta research that. So I've got I've got the waves. So it's it's like you're laying at the beach because the room is okay. dark. No lights in there other than the light coming from a salt lamp and whatever light we have pumped in there uh, for uh, for working with your moods. Um so I've got binaural beats on the back end of the waves. So mentally we're getting you to decompress, de-stress, uh, kick your legs, quite literally kick your legs up in the sun and laying your back in there. Um, and it's a, also a functional salt room because I salted it. I okay. my own sauna. Um, <laughs> and so when you're in there and it heats up, you're actually breathing the salt in. So it's real beach therapy now because you've got the salt in the Yeah, air. there you go. The, the beach, minus the seagulls. There's no seagulls allowed. That's good. Yes. <laughs> even a flock of seagulls. They're great right in the 80s, but they're not coming in there. And no sand. <laughs> no sand. No sand. No sand in places you don't want it. Um, right. Just a lot of heat, a whole lot of heat uh, in the infrared. So, but that thing has been huge for helping people out with a lot of stuff. I won't get into the COVID side of it, but it really helped out with that. Yeah. 
Um, people listen to listen to, to, to Joe Rogan podcast, him talking about the saunas. Okay, you'll get it. Um, but uh, so yeah, that's probably the coolest thing and one of the best things I've bought for the place so far. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I highly suggest it if you have a gym. Yeah. Because absolutely. I mean, and don't do the wet saunas. Wet saunas are, man, they'll, they'll break you. Wet, wet areas will don't break you. Don't do the what? Uh, wet, wet areas, wet saunas. So wet saunas. Oh, okay. Stuff. I know yeah. doing like that, the hopping into the ice baths. Yeah. That, that's fine. But you got to clean and sanitize that daily, multiple times. And all this, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a whole thing. It's a lot. Yeah. To do it. Go for it. More power to you. Um, my, my son is self-cleaning with ozone. So I click a button. It cleans. It cleans itself. There you go. Yep. That's simple. All right. So now as far as goals go, over the next year or so, where are you directing most of your attention and energy within the business? Where are you looking to take the business over the next six months to a year? Um, so we have a couple of different things, right? Uh, for different areas. So from an mm-hmm. athletic standpoint, one is to put ourselves on the world stage this year, uh, trying to fill world championships. We're going to mm-hmm. have some people there. <clears throat> we want to take gold, gold, silver, bronze. We want to sweep the whole thing. Uh-huh. Uh, we're actually combining efforts with another group for track events throughout the rest of the summer. Um, <clears throat> one, one to help out the track and field world and get them to actually paid for what they do because uh-huh. they, they just don't get paid well for what they do. Um, so we're going to have some expansion there on the track and field side. Uh, student athletes, we're going to have a couple of state records broken here in Texas because of a few of ours. Um, so that's going to put us out there. So on the, on the sports side, we're, we're going to be really pretty good just for notoriety and you train where <laughs> I'm going right. there. Yes. Like, sorry, no, no room at the end for you. Yep. <laughs> uh, we're all full up here. Um, and then, you know, the, the whole knocking down the walls, right? So I've got two rooms in here. We're going to get rid of, we're going to combine some stuff into another room that's empty right now. Uh, we're going to increase our floor space because the goal is to quadruple in our number of members, uh, uh-huh. this is, and really general population. I'll, right. I want to start hitting the population a lot more this next year uh, because athletes are cool. They're great. I love you athletes, but athletes are very seasonal. Anybody that yeah. trains, athletes, you realize very quickly, they are very, they're in, when they're in their off season, you've got them for like three or four months and then they right. are back into season. And then after the season's over, they disappear for two months yeah. to decompress uh-huh. and play around. Right. Yep. So, you have an athlete for four, maybe five months out of the year. If all you train is NFL, well, then you're training people for four to five months. And then, then what? Right. So right. Uh, same thing for track and field, stuff like that. So, you know, part of it is to expand our repertoire of athletes. So we have a constant flow throughout the, throughout the year. Student athletes, mm-hmm. that's easy because they're constantly going. Um, they're constantly going. These poor kids. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. And then, you know, general population, because general population is there all the time. Unless they travel a lot, yes. they are there every day. Uh, they, they are the thing that keeps you stable and exactly. keeps them, right? everything else is for some media buzz and some notoriety. Um, and it's all well fun and cool, but, you know, it's, it's helping somebody achieve a gold medal in something is great, but it's very momentary. Helping a family get, get healthy and start breaking some, uh, some curses, some family curses of, well, we're all, uh, that family's just bad, right? We're all, right. family. well, yeah, you can change that. It takes two generations to really start making that 
that thing happen and stick genetically. Uh-huh. Uh, really, really, truly takes three generations. So if you get mom and dad, you get the kids, you get three kids going, you get three generations. Now you've given them some much better genes to pass on. Um, but it takes one generation to just mess it all up. Uh, right. So, um, That's unfortunate. <laughs> I know, but it's, it's the same thing with money too. If you look at mm-hmm. generationally, it, take, it takes three generations to build wealth as a family, okay? Become a wealthy family and have the big mansion and stuff like that. And you've got the trust funds and everything else for the family to live off of. And it takes mm-hmm. one generation that says, oh, look at all of this. And they spend every yeah. bit of it because they never learn how to manage any of it. They lose right. all of it, and you have to go back through that cycle again. If your uh-huh. family, you know, if somebody in that next generation decides, "Hey, didn't we used to have money? Right? <laughs> why, why, why yeah. are we living in a van down by the river? <laughs> what, what happened?" Um, so it's it's same thing genetically too, right? It's it's, uh-huh. it's the three to one thing. It's, it takes three to build it yeah. up, and one is just bring it crashing down. So, right. Um, but yeah. The, it's better to be able to do that and help families have better lives so they can just go out and enjoy life and not have Absolutely. to work. Mm-hmm. The, the family curses are, oh, we, we all have, we all, we all have diabetes. We're all over. We all have high blush. We all have wealth. Look at what y'all do. Look at what your family has done over the, over the past, you know, couple of years or generations. How about we change that? And we, you, you can be the one that helps your family have better lives and not have to deal with all the disease stuff that you've been, you know, essentially cursed with because of, you know, bad genes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and like you said before, a uh, really good point there, as far as the athletic side of things, you know, the general population stuff provides that really solid foundation for the business that you can rely on, on a monthly basis. Oh yeah. Because like you said, you know, it's like you've got your athletes for three, four, five months at a time, depending on the sport and the season, uh, lots of different things that kind of play into that. But your general population, you know, hopefully, as long as your retention is good, you've got them for a long period of time. And then uh, that becomes that reliable income, which we really like to have as business owners. And typically, that's what keeps the doors open, really, you know, the other stuff is more so just supplemental. So, and that's a a common theme within any type of specialty service, you know, that any gym is offering, whether it be martial arts based, you know, like the um, Muay Thai and MMA and all these other different things that martial arts facilities offer. A lot of times they have Mm -hmm. like fitness kickboxing for the general population just to provide that solid foundation. So same idea there for sure. Yeah. Um, So now. And tell tell the members, look, this is for fitness. Don't use this on the street. You will get hurt. Yes. (laughs) You're not one of these guys over here. It doesn't. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Just to be clear. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, So now one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice for a either personal trainer or somebody who is thinking about doing their own thing, going their own way, opening their own facility, what would that be? And I know we touched on some things earlier, more so on the what not to do than the what to do's. Okay. So uh, that's where we can. I'm going to start with some what to do's first. I'm going to give you a what not to do, a really big what yeah, not there to do. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> to watch out for, right? Um, because these things do happen. It happened, it happened to me, right? Mm-hmm. So learn from my bad experiences. Yes. Uh, 
So here's the thing. If, if you're young in the industry, you just started, okay? You're a personal trainer. Go get into one of the big gyms, okay? If you've watched Coming to America, okay, go work at McDonald's, learn the systems, take one of their systems books with you, okay, and then start your McDowell's, all right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and because they have the process down, or most of the process down, right? Um, depending on what you want to do from like the studio you want to open, stuff like that. Um, right. But learn the processes of these things and mm-hmm. learn what it's like to be in a gym. If you can't get into management, just to learn that piece of it, all the management in the, in the large gyms is a whole different animal. Um, right. But you do learn about, you know, having to hit sales numbers and everything else. And most traders don't want to think about that. And if you don't want to think no. about that, then you better find somebody to run and manage your business that will yeah. think about those things. So you don't have mm-hmm. to, because otherwise you're going to go from being a trainer that you love being a trainer to why am I sitting in a meeting right now? Why am I having to go through this? Why am I doing it? Why? I don't want to do any of this. I just want to be a trainer. Well, then you've just learned that you need to be in a gym being a trainer. Okay, yes. figure out what kind of gym you should be in. So start one of the big ones, right? Big gyms, close your ears right now. If you're in a big gym, close your ears. You don't want to don't, don't listen to this because I'm about to do something really bad and mean here. Um, go to the big gym. Do your reps, okay? Do your reps. Do your repetitions there, okay? Learn how to train. Learn how to deal with different people because you're going to run into a lot of different types of people. You got to learn who you can work with and who you can't work with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, figure that out. Go through all those training sessions. Go through all the assessments. Go through all that stuff, right? It's just repetition. You're learning. Do that for at least two years. Build yourself. Build your reputation. Figure out what kind of trainer you are, what you want to do. Get your client base set and established there, okay? You can't do any outside stuff. You can, but they're going to frown on that and they'll fire you. So yeah. do everything internally, okay? <laughs> uh, other than, you know, promoting that I'm at L, LA Fitness, whatever you're at, right? Uh, bring right. people. Because if you're bringing people in and people are coming in to see you, you're now establishing that you have something to sell and something that people want, all right? Uh-huh. People are there for you, not for the gym, okay? So whenever you decide to leave, take the number of people you got right now, okay? However much money you're making off, off of them, Um and specifically, how much you're making at that point, not what just your cut, not the total. This is what the gym charges because that's what I'm getting. No, it's not. Right. right. Take your cut of what you're getting. Can you live on half of that? Because when you leave your gym and all your clients say, I'll go with you, half of them yes. are going to stay behind. They will not go uh-huh. because they like all the amenities and everything else. And they're not going to go to some little tiny training gym with you that doesn't have all this stuff that they're paying for here um right. so if anything give them the option of come train with you at your place they can st- keep your membership there at that gym this way the gym doesn't get pissed off at you because they will uh because yes. you let them people i answer your people they're just training with me over here they're still paying membership to you win-win uh-huh. okay um <clears throat> so but if you can if you if you're at a point where i can i can live with half and i have people coming in just to see me now you can leave at that point. If you don't have those things, don't leave because you're going to be broken, hating life and uh-huh. scrambling, um, which might be good because it's going to teach you to hustle more because whenever you're in more, you're yeah. sending people to you all the time. When you're on your own, there's nobody coming in to see you unless you've already got a pipeline built up. Right. You are, don't make sure who you are. You just, I'm, mm-hmm. I do all this. Well, okay, cool. But you don't have all this cool stuff that that gym had. What else are you going to offer? Right. Um, uh-huh. So, there's that. Now get into a small private place, figure that thing out, figure out that system. Okay. How to get people in, how to retain. Once you have that, 
and you can live on none of that <laughs> and you've gone crazy and you decide, right. how can I lose a lot of money really quickly? Yeah. I think I will open a gym. This sounds really good. <laughs> this will be fun. And then after you're writing your next checkout out of your own accounts for like the bit of six months, like this, this ain't fun anymore. Nope. <laughs> I know I've been there. I've done it, right? I was doing it this year. Mm -hmm. But I knew going in, right? You better have a plan for at least six months. Uh, I mean, unless you're using gym lunch because they're awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, but if, if you're like in a small place like me, okay, I, I have not used gym lunch because we're not ready for that much growth. Okay. You got to know what your growth potential is. And if you bring something in and you bring in more people than you can handle, you have now killed your business unless you can expand rapidly, very quickly, which right now is really tough to do because real estate is tough to get into. It's really tough. Yes. So just, just warn you right now, if you grow too fast, you will kill your business. Okay. Because you'll get a bad reputation for having horrible service and you can't take care. It's like going to a restaurant and they only have two servers in the place and you're getting mad because I can't get service right now. And yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh -huh. Don't be that gym. Um, <laughs> have a little bit less. Don't get greedy uh, until it's time to grow and you can, you can handle the growth, right? You got to be able to handle it. Right. Um, you can't jump under the bar and do 500 pounds squat right now. Right away. You've never done it before. You better build up to that bad boy. Otherwise you're going to be limping for the rest of your life with a really uh -huh. good story. Um, but not as great as you come from running Coleman's. Um, <laughs> so um, I lost my train of thought there. So um, there, there, there's the what to, some of the what to do's and what not to do. The other thing of what not to do, when you are looking for a place to start your own gym, okay, uh, be careful when somebody says, I've got a great deal for you. You can rent some of my space mm -hmm. because they may be subleasing to you when they should not be subleasing to you. And that's going to get yes. everybody into some major, major financial and legal trouble unless you happen to already know the building owner. In which case, if you already know the building owner and the building owner really likes you, you are going to be fine because they're going to want to do a deal with you. If you are not in that position, you are going to lose more than everything because you now engaged in illegal activity with somebody else that was doing illegal activity, uh, whether you knew it or not. Uh, if you didn't right. know it, then you get them for fraud, but you, know, you get a whole legal battle, right? Um, so know who you're working with. And if somebody has a really good deal with a space in the back of their place, um, kind of like we ran into because, hey, we were going to be protected in case there was another shutdown because we were going to be in a medical place that does COVID testing. We're going to be private gym. Uh, you can't shut us down now. Mm -hmm. okay. There you uh, go. <laughs> process, right? Okay, we're, we're in. We can't be shut down as a gym. We've yep. got everything here. We are a, we're a facility that does COVID testing and everything else, right? And we're a gym too. And we're private. You can't just walk in off the street and train here. So you know, right. put, putting, putting those protections and liabilities uh, there to, to, to help us out uh, and help them out because we're building our business. We built our business a lot. Okay. But they're gone now. Um, right. <laughs> um, and, and, and now, now we have to cover everything on this space. So if you're going to do that and you end up taking over the whole space, realize your costs are about to go up. Yes. <clears throat> um, so can you afford that big up that you're about to have? We actually got a really good deal. So it, it wasn't that bad. It, it pays yeah. to the building owner. Okay. If you know the building owner, you're, you're on good terms with, with them for right. a long it, it Absolutely. Helps. Yeah. That, that last point you made there, I was going to say, did that happen to you? 
Yes, no, it yes. sounds like you know you're the business uh, the building owner. The facility, right? I want, I want to take you on a tour of the whole place, but this is all audio. So it ruins yep. all that. I can't show you all the cool stuff. I can't show you my cool logo. Um, let's get this podcast on audio video. Come on, let's rogue in this thing. Yeah, right? Then people wouldn't be able to watch it while they're driving, though, or listen, you know, while they're driving. They listen to the they go watch it. Come on. Um, so... <laughs> Um, so, but yeah, that, th those are the things to do and the things to definitely watch out for, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the, the biggie is don't grow too fast too soon because it will wreck you. Um, and also don't hold back. Don't be afraid of growing and trying and doing something new because if you fail, mm -hmm. okay, you, it's, it's a learning experience. You're going to fail a whole lot. Okay. Uh, don't get, I mean, maybe get upset about it. Maybe kick yourself in the butt a few times ago. Man, why did I do that? I knew it was going to go bad. Um, mm -hmm. But sometimes brilliance happens in the least expected ways. And often failures will turn into huge successes because of something you learned in there or just right. some simple, stupid, dumb luck that happens. Kind of like us falling into this deal that was a really bad deal that is now a really, really great incredible deal because of what we're going to be building with it over the next couple of years with this full right. complex um that's actually going to be a replication of a place over in germany where all the pros go we're going to replicate that here so they don't have to go to germany awesome. so it, it's, it's, that, cool. you know, it's it's that unique selling point uh mm -hmm. as well and finding really right. really good partnerships outside of your own gym um, the more partnerships you have outside your gym the better your gym is going to do because you have other people that will vouch for you and will send people to you. Mm -hmm. The best word of mouth you'll ever get, uh, especially people that most people aren't going to use your services anyway. The people you know are not going to come into your gym. Okay. They might, they're going to maybe high five you. They might show up for your grand opening event. Maybe. Yeah. You'll never see them after that. Okay. You'll get some right. thumbs up and stuff on social media. That's cool. The people, you know, will almost never come to your gym or your place of business. So you better start focusing on all the millions of people that you do not know that are going to be there to pay your bills because your friends right. aren't going to pay your bills. They just want to see you and party with you. Right. They, they, they don't want to. It's, the friendship thing is tough because you'll build friendships in here, but the first yeah. you had before, they just want to be your friends. They don't want to be paying your bills and they're going right. to see it. I'm paying you. I'm paying your bills. Mm -hmm. They don't want to do that uh, usually. Right. So yeah, it's hard to you know keep the things separate a little bit. It's yeah, yeah. it's a good idea too, and um, you know one thing that you said as well was you know everybody comes out in the beginning, and a lot <laughs> of gym owners get this like false sense of security in the beginning because when you first open there is like an influx of people that come in and it's like wow i have all these people in the doors and everything's great but they don't stay they don't know? stay they don't uh, pay either. And, they, they want that stuff for free i'm a yes free right exactly it's so then, you know can i get a deal get a little, <laughs> yeah exactly that's what they expect you know and that's also a good point as far as um relationships with your members as well because like you said you know you do gain friends you do build relationships with these people but there always has to be a oh, yeah. line there because people expect things you know and it's like if you do something nice for somebody one time 
It's like, you're going to have to do it again. They're going to expect it again. If they get into a situation or something happens financially or whatever with their membership or this, that, or the other thing, it's like, they expect yeah. you never, to never do something for them. Never make a deal that you can't keep on making. Yes. They're going to expect you to every time. And here are the deal makers that are going to come in and they are going to try to make a deal with you on anything and everything. And if you fold to them, Oh, man, they're just going to keep on asking and demanding for more deals and more deals and more deals and more deals. And more deals and more deals. Eventually, it's just, uh, no, just leave. Go somewhere else. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you're, you're breaking me. You're breaking me. I'm, I'm, exactly. I'm paying to train you right now, okay? I'm paying mm -hmm. to train you. What? But I'm yep. paying you. No, no, but you don't know my costs. Right. Business owners get it, right? Yeah. Most business owners get it. They won't do that to you. Most. Mm -hmm. Some will. Right. Um, but they get it right. They know the the costs of doing business, right? They mm -hmm. know that when they pay you, that money ain't going in your pocket. That money they just paid right. you is going into multiple other pockets, and you might see some of it, maybe. Unless yeah. right. you're not listening, is this guy goes to my light bill? <laughs> this client goes to this. This client goes to this. This yes. seriously, set your clients up like that. Okay, it's going to break down some of those personal relationships because you're going to start seeing. A lot of your clients, it's, it, this is both a good and bad thing because you just shouldn't see your clients as money, but you have bills to pay and mm -hmm. every client is paying those bills. So really realize you need to do really good service so they stay around so they can pay your bills um, yeah. and, and have some cash on the side for actually living a life. Um, right. Uh, speaking, I'm, I'm talking to me right now. Go live yeah. some life, okay? Rescue gym owners, go go live a little bit of life. Otherwise, you're going to be living every moment in your gym from 6 a.m. until 10 p.m. every day. Easily, day, yes. Seven days a week. And you might as well just get rid of your house or your apartment and sleep at the gym. Sleep and there, yep. This is, this is your home now. The noise is your home. This is your wife. You will never have another relationship. You'll have some, maybe some girlfriends, but this is your wife now. She's mm -hmm. got all your money. Yep. <laughs> so, um, very true. All right. So now, what's that? It's, it's the whole, you're, you're married to your job. Yeah, 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 I am. I got a ring Pretty and much, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. So now, as we start to wrap up here, we're approaching the end of our time. Um, where can the listeners find you on social media? All right, social media. Uh, it's theolympicfitgym.com. You can go in there. All our social media is on there already. Uh, so our Instagram. We do most of everything on Instagram. We do a tiny bit on Facebook. Um, uh, YouTube, Raise Take on YouTube. We will have an Olympic Fit. Uh, we do have an Olympic Fit page on YouTube. There's nothing on there right now um, because we want to make sure that when we start putting that to content, it's content that must be seen. Uh, and so we're, we're putting all that together. Uh, we want to get all the filming and mm -hmm. everything else done properly. I've got a TV show. I want to make sure the production is awesome. Uh, for, for yes. Right. So, um, so the Olympic Fit Gym, um, my own personal, actually my own personal website's on there as well. The, the, the Clint Fuquay, uh, my partner Ray, Ray's take on YouTube. Watch him. Okay. It's awesome. I occasionally make appearances. <laughs> occasionally. The, the, the white dude. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the, the non Jeremy Warner. Nobody knows my name on there. They they know they know me by my other stuff. Come here, come here. You tell tell the people. Tell the people. Um, so, Mr. Science Guy. Uh, 
So that, that's that's our main places right now on social media. Instagram, you'll probably see the most stuff that we do in here. Uh, you'll actually see some of our athletes, uh, some of what we do, training protocol wise, stuff like that on there. Um, we use a lot of the reels. For anybody out there, if you're not using reels, use reels. Yes. We get seen way more uh, than stories or anything because Instagram wants to put those out there to compete with TikTok, right? Whatever they want to put out there, they're going to promote more um, because they're all in competition, right? So, and the other thing, social media, figure out where you want to be seen and who you want to be seen by. Focus on that and learn how to utilize it or have somebody manage it because if you've got $1,000 a month uh, or so to put out there for somebody else to manage it or your stuff, do it. Okay, if you don't, don't worry. And if you don't have at least $500 a month, well, unless you're using their system, use the gym or system. Um, but <laughs> I'm, I'm pitching for you now. I'm not even using, I'm not, even, I'm a, I'm not using your stuff because I'm afraid of their growth right now. Okay. Um, <laughs> we can't handle that much right now. We can't, we know we're ready to handle it. I'm, I'm calling you all up. We're going to use your stuff because I love everything that, that, that y'all have put together. Right. I know it works. That's why I'm afraid of it. I know it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it a big time not ready to manage just yet until we knock down some walls and get some more floor space. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, to have, have somebody manage stuff for you. If, if they know what they're doing, okay? Yes. If they have no social media presence and they say, I'm a social media manager, no, no, they're not. Okay, no. if, if they're not doing it, they can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, there's, there's that piece of it for everybody. Yes. Perfect. All righty. Awesome. So Clint from Olympic Fit in Plano, Texas, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thanks for having me on. It's been fantastic. Absolutely. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast. We talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of Empower Me and Empower Her Fitness in Kentucky, Justin Tool. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks for asking. Awesome, man. I'm excited to have you on here. Uh, we got a lot to cover and not a lot of time. So let's dive into it. First of all, tell me about your two gyms. Just kind of give me a general idea of uh, what the two gyms are all about. Yeah. So uh, open Empower Me Fitness January 2016. So we're going on seven years now. Um, I got my start working in a gym similar 24 7, smaller. And uh, I noticed they had 300 members you know, charging a high rate. And uh, to be honest, it, it wasn't that great of equipment. A lot of residential stuff wasn't even commercial. And uh, and they just re- didn't really hit what they needed to on the uh, 
equipment side of it. So I kind of saw a need in my hometown about 15 minutes away and I took the plunge and uh, just started growing it from there, man. It was a big hit. Uh, people didn't want to drive 20 minutes one direction to go to the gym, you know, and that was a, a big sale at first. And then uh, from there, I just kind of got obsessed about making it as best as I could, collecting the best equipment. And just uh, I had that vision in my head of, you know, from working out at numerous gyms through colleges and through the years and, you know, just took a little bit of all that experience and put it together. And uh, then with, I got married three years ago. And then uh, my wife is a full-time nurse. And uh, there during the pandemic, we wanted to get her out of nursing. And she had been helping me at the gym, taking some clients. So uh, we started to open a women's only gym, Empower Her Fitness. And uh, we started with just little to no equipment, doing boot camps. And uh, now it's transformed in 24-7 with uh, personal training, small groups. And now we've got a rather large gymnastics section as well. So uh, we're very blessed. Yeah, sounds like it's been it's been quite a ride. So if we go back to uh, when you first uh, opened Empower Me Fitness, so that was 2016, were you working in the fitness industry at that point? Were you a trainer? Were you doing some some sort of other career? Like what what were you doing then? Man, I was uh, I was the king of lobster. I was a red lobster. Yeah, and I had a uh, business degree, an exercise science minor, and uh, just in there bartending, serving Red Lobster. And I realized about a year in, I was like, man, I got to do something. So I got certified with NASM mm -hmm. uh, and got lucky and blessed to get a job, very nice uh, gym, and then just kind of took what they had going and tried to make it a little better and, and put my own spin on it and put that in my hometown and bring some value to my community yeah that's that's a great uh, winning combination is there is um there's a lot of times where you get this um the dream right you can be in a gym and hey if this was my gym i would do this differently i would do this and and sometimes it's hard to make that reality once you see the business side of things because all the nicest things they all cost money so you got to figure out where is there a place where there's a need in it? How much do I need to charge to make it happen? All that stuff for you. It was, it was, you know, unfortunate for your hometown, but fortunate for your, your business plan that your hometown didn't have anything like what you wanted. So there was a void and a need there. So you come in, fill up this vacuum and you can basically build the gym that you wouldn't like to been working out in and in your town where you have all this connection, where you have all this community and, and really let it go from there. Yeah, man, uh, that's exactly how it started. And uh, I just, I wanted a place for me to work out. I got tired of driving 20 minutes one way. Yeah, yeah, to some people that may not sound like a lot, but I guess depending on, on what you're doing, you know, what you have going, it's like you add 40 minutes onto what might be a, you know, a long couple hours in the gym and it's just, yeah. Every, everything that takes away from it right it's just like when you want to be in the gym you want to be in the gym now yep that's one of my selling points is you know I'm by the time you get there get back you could have already been done and how many times you get to go a month you know you're already pretty much spending that membership fee and gas so it just makes sense 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with gas prices like they are now too, that's, that's just one more vote for the hometown boy. Okay. So, um, you built this gym up, uh, you're, you're basically a one man show when you started, but have since brought along, you have one employee there at the gym, um, that, that covers different things. Um, but for the most part, you've kept it a real lean operation, haven't brought in a bunch of trainers, desk staff, things like that. Was that part of the business plan from the beginning? Yeah, just uh, keeping my overhead low, keeping the stress low, and uh, and just staying in my means, you know. And I and I just like the freedom of it, man. That's that's what attracted me most to this is uh, the freedom to be independent and be able to pay my bills and still work out and help people. And uh, that's all I can really ask for, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, over the years, you've kind of um, developed some niches that you that you work in as far as the type of training you do at the first gym, um, working with weight loss clients, bodybuilding clients, and then um, some some athletes developmentally from, from youth on, on up to some, you know, young adults, maybe some older adults. It, for that, um, how much of it was, you know, what was coming to you for needs in the community and, and meeting the things that you're interested in, that you're passionate about for training? Yeah, uh, so I got my start with that. And uh, I played college basketball, a small college, and I started doing some one-on-one -on -one lessons and getting that quick cash in. And that's what really kind of get me going and realizing, hey, man, I could do this and make this work. So just the skill training turned into, you know, some weight room training. And then uh, it just blossomed from there. And then like my love for lifting, it, it was kind of a natural transition into the bodybuilding. And once I hired uh, a professional coach, two different ones for two different shows, that just brought me a lot more wisdom and knowledge and gave me the confidence to uh, take on my own clients like that and pass on that knowledge and uh, just kind of learning how they did things and then, that's how I try to bring that to my smaller town community. Awesome, man. So you were, you know, like you said, you went about that, that, that gym has been open for going on six years now. Um, you met your, your now wife. Um, she was helping out in the gym and, you know, working as a full-time nurse and depending on when people are listening to this, you know, there's, you know, we're mid or spring 2022, you know, we can look back and see, you know, what the height of the pandemic looked like and in the healthcare community, especially nurses were under a lot of stress. There's a lot of changes, a lot of politics. So it looked like a, a good time for a career switch there. And, you know, what did that conversation sound like? You know, heck, we, you know, I've started one gym and that worked out, but, you know, let's, let's do another one, right? Let's, it'll be close to town again. Let's go women's only. Like how did, how did that dream up and, how did you get her on board or was it, you know, who sold who on the idea? Yeah, it was kind of mutual, but I'm kind of the one to give the confidence and that leap of faith. Like, Oh, this is kind of a no brainer. You can do it, you know, and there's no need to go part-time. We can do this full-time. And when they started trying to uh, mandate her on that vaccine, that was kind of the last straw. Where we're like, all right, well, that's kind of God's sign for us to uh, push the envelope here and make that leap of faith. And so they kind of just did it for us with their job. And uh, the next thing was looking for space. We found a, uh, a good building to lease and 
that kind of just blossomed from there. Yeah, that was uh, one of the if if there were a couple silver linings in the black cloud of COVID, um, it did make some good commercial property deals available. And we don't never want to see some of these business fail or or issues come up like that. But do you feel like you benefited there from kind of the hit that some commercial property took? Oh yeah, because uh, we, we took that uh, we took over the lease there right at the at the heart of it where you know businesses were failing and you know everybody was getting shut down uh i reluctantly shut down just for two months at my spot but kind of kept going a little bit in the private but um yeah so we got that lease with no competition and then um struggled a little bit you know to uh make it work just because of the shutdowns but then once it opened back up everybody was just chomping at the bit to get going, you know? So it kind of brought that new fresh start where everybody was excited for it, you know? So you open that place up, uh, people, people are excited. They want to get out of the house. They want to, they want to be moving, especially, you know, when it's, it's fresh, it's novelty. Did you have to do much of any like promotion advertising for that? Did you uh, use the, you know, leverage social media and, and, you know, eyeballs you already had from the other gym. How did you get people to start signing up at that new spot? Yeah, absolutely. The social media was a big one. And uh, me already having a start with mine helped. You know, I lost some women out of my gym, but it all kind of works out. You know, some women like that uh, to be in the same spot with men. So I got those. And But I think one thing that really helped was we started getting the female business owners in the community. And when they all jumped on board and were training, you know, they're the ones that kind of light the fire and have a big voice. And once you get them going, you know, the, the biggest people in your community and you show them progress through your social media, you know, and they have a big following as well. That just kind of catches on very quickly. Got it. Got it. So what about the evolution of the services you've offered there? You said you started off basically minimal equipment, kind of boot camp style workouts. At what point did you decide you're going to add other services? You know, you got gymnastics, you got 24 seven, you got some other things there. Is it, was it client demand? Was it just you two getting together, brainstorming on what else you think would add value? How's that evolved over the last? It's, it's yeah, been man, it was, uh, and it was my idea at first, because I'm all about the freedom. You know, I don't want to be there all day. You know, I value my hometown. We've got a little boy and, you know, her idea was, you know, being there all the time. So we let that work out at first and she got to realize like, hold up, we got to do something different because I don't have any free time anymore. So that's when we kind of went to that 24 seven model with the door code. And uh, that really opened up her time to give her some more free time. Cause we just couldn't do it with the little guy. And, uh, and then with the gymnastics, we got a great coach and that kind of helped blossom give us some more free time as well. Now, when I hear gymnastics, I think about like big space, lots of equipment, uh, things like that. Have you guys gone full scale with that? Do you no, have no, um, the gym for it or is it more like scale back? Good question. We uh, we bought out a small cheer place and we got like in their trampoline and mats. We got the large mats that we put them up when they're not in use and then we roll them out on the ground. So, you know, we kind of double our space because we're only in about 5,000 square feet. And then uh, 
the evolution of it here just the last couple months we bought out a uh another about thousand square feet addition on there and turn that into the full-time gymnastics so now we don't have to roll out the mats anymore uh which is pretty cool the landlord worked with us uh it added on a little bit to the rent but it's well worth it you know all right so one of the things that rolls in with that is um as you um, built out the first gym and now built out the second gym, you know, buying equipment out of other gyms, that's something that's also become or, or has been another revenue stream for you. Uh, so when did you get started in that, you know, buying equipment that you would, was, were, you know, were you shopping for equipment for your own gym and realized, yeah. hey, I can buy this in bulk and have to sell some? Like, how have you, how have you turned that into a, another business stream for yourself? Yeah, you know, it started just trying to fill my gym with everything I could possibly want and then the best version of it with the best brand, the most ideal. So, you know, you get to know the certain movement patterns and what feels good. And some machines just don't hit right and some hit better. And then uh, once you get something in, you realize you like it or it might hurt your client's back. So let's sell it. And you get to notice and you're pretty much doubling up on everything for what you paid for it. And uh, my biggest tool at first was uh, auctions, government auctions online, but people caught on to that. So then it turned more into Facebook marketplace. And uh, depending on like when times got hard and I needed more money, I was driving farther to get deals. You know what I mean? There, there's endless deals out there as long as you're willing to drive with your truck and trailer. You know, I've got a, a basic 16 foot long trailer. I got a pallet jack is my bread and butter. You get another guy on a pallet jack with the ramp gate, you can get anything on that trailer. And so uh, realizing I go buy as much as I can and then flipping it, and it's just a great profit and a good way of keep upgrading to get the best equipment and the, and the exact stuff that you want. So it's kind of there for me when I get tired of doing the same thing. I want to switch it up. You know, let's go on a road trip. Let's get stuff. And then that's kind of... I try to make contacts, you know, I'll, I'll call uh, all the local colleges and high schools and let them know like, hey, anytime you want to sell anything, call me first. And uh, it's really a blessing because a lot of the uh, it's it's like state money, you know, so they're not too, it's not their money. So they, they get rid of it for pretty cheap as long as you're willing to do the heavy lifting and help them out. And uh, that kind of turned into trying to buy out full gyms. So I've been lucky enough to buy uh, liquidate two full gyms. And uh, it's a lot of work, but that's really where the money's at. Yeah, so it's it's interesting because with, um, with I guess entrepreneurs in general, but in our scope, you know, gym owners, um, sometimes we can get a little antsy, you can get the entrepreneurial ADD and you know, sometimes it's, I want to open another gym or I want to start a meal prep company or something like oh, that yeah. where you, but they go whole hog into something that they can't back out of. But for you, you found this niche where it's like, you can turn it on and turn it off just yeah. whenever you feel like it. If you want to go hard with the, with the gym stuff that you already have for two, three, six months, you can do that. But if you need a little mental break, all right, I'm just going to, like you said, I'm going to go on a road trip your guy that works with you um, at the first gym, he also goes on some of these. He kind of 
he helps you out with some of that by like the moving by himself. Yeah, he's a he's a big old boy. That's kind of my muscle, you know. And you can count on him. He's my cleaner. He uh, cleans the gym for me uh, twice a week, full mop, sweep, and then uh, he's always there and down to ride and help me get stuff when we need it. But uh, you know, as I do, there's there's a very hot season about uh, you know six to nine months out of the year, but there's a really dead three months out of the year. So uh, those three months is when I'm really trying to pick up just the best equipment that I can. And then you get a feel for what's going to sell and what's not going to sell and value. And that helps a lot too. Yeah. There's uh, it's, you can't just open Facebook marketplace and think that you're going to make money. If you haven't, you know, you probably got to lose on a couple of deals or, or even kind of figure out what happens. You got to be willing to take your lumps. So it's not something someone can just jump into. It's it's not for the faint of heart, but it scratches that itch. It adds a little boost, you know, when you need it in the season and and keeps the brain fresh a little bit too, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. You're already into doing physical labor. You like working out. So it's like, hey, this is just a this is a little bit different workout for me too. Right? I'm going to go move a few thousand pounds and, of equipment. And that's where it kind of makes it easier is because a lot of people get intimidated or scared to move heavy stuff like that. You know, and, and I've gotten in some pretty impossible situations, but my motto is, you know, where there's a will, there's a way. And I just kind of take it as a challenge and, you know, we make it work somehow. Fantastic. So you've got, you got these two gyms going, uh, you know, and, and they both are very, very unique. Um, you've got, you know, your wife runs the one, you run the other. Are there, are there any areas where, where you guys overlap, where there's some, you know, some skill sets, things you're good at, things that, um, you know, that she's good at where, where you kind of cross over into each other's paths or are they pretty separate? Um, we keep them pretty separate because we're both pretty uh, hard-headed and independent. And uh, to be honest, it works best for us that way, you know, to let her have her full freedom, let me have mine. And um, just the way, you know, we, our personalities go together. We kind of need that. Got it. So as you, um, as you continue, you know, on this path, gym ownership being kind of, um, you know, unique propositions, not in the same town, but close to each other uh, with a lot of potential, you know, a lot of, a lot of room where you can grow, scale, adapt over time. I mean, you got, you got a lot of, a lot of time left in you. Like are, what are your biggest challenges or obstacles to, you know, continuing yeah. to uh, serve the community the best you can? Uh, it's space. I'm completely out of space at my gym. I need four times as much space, but there is uh there is no commercial buildings here. So I'm looking at having to purchase the commercial lot and then build with the uh, problem of building supplies at an all-time high right now. And uh, yeah, so it's just running out of space, man. We could offer so much more and, and be having so much more revenue if, if we had, you know, the means and space to do it. Yeah, so you're at the point there with, um, with no available inventory or nothing that, that's appealing to you where uh, is it most likely that you think you're going to build? Yeah, that's uh, pretty much the only way it's going to happen. So that's, you know, 
And then there's another challenge on that end of, uh, you know, just the revenue and, and uh, how much you're, you know, showing on that you're making and, you know, cause you gotta have a pretty large profits to uh, get those loans, you know, cause right now there was only one spot that we could have gotten. And, uh, and we was looking at like 200,000, right? Mm-hmm. So, but now fast, fast forward three years later, that same spot is at $800,000. Woo. Well, that's, so, yeah, that's, a, that's a little switch. So I'm really uh, frustrated and kind of kicking myself that I didn't just make it work before. But, uh, so yeah, it's a challenge, but you know, we're going to make it work eventually. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, like you said, your one of your mottos is you live by that where there's a will, there's a way, right? Yes, sir. Yep. So with the other gym and, and you got my wheels turning here, are you, are you already maxed out on space there? Are you guys going to be, are you bumping against walls and, and looking at that too? We are maxed out space there as well. And, um, uh, and the other issue is, is that both spots are being uh, leased and I would like to own, you know what I mean? Yeah. So my brain immediately goes to, you know, when it does come time to, to buy or build, is there any, any thought that you might consolidate, you know, get a 10,000 or yes, 50,000? That, that's or, the goal. Yep. Yeah. And then just, you know, have a separate, you know, general, you know, co-ed side and the women's side. So you. Yeah. And then just kind of have a nice walkway where if somebody wants to come into both, they can, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I love the way that, you know, that, that we're on the same page there. Cause I'm like, well, at that point, right. Absolutely. Don't pay anybody rent, right. You're just, you pay your own mortgage. Mortgage doesn't go up. You know, no landlord's going to, going to raise that up on you. When you eventually get to that spot, because I don't think you're an if guy, I think it's a, a when, what are the other things that you want to add for services, for equipment, things like that, that you'd like to have to, you know, add more value, impact on the community? Yeah. Um, so I would like to train full team athletes of a, a full team sports at all at the same time. You know, give me 12, 20, 25 kids all at once, you know, and uh and like I said before, I used to do basketball skill instruction. So I'd like to get like a half court basketball goal. Then I could do my skill instructions in there as well. And uh, so that, that's what I'd really be excited about and seeing a, a larger growth. And, then so maybe, I'll, and I'll, I'll add one more thing to that. Sure. And I don't have enough room for uh, large classes where I'm at either. Like I could have, I need a large studio for, you know, the yoga, boot camps, uh, you know, et cetera. But I'm, I'm just, I keep myself into personal and small group just because I don't have that large studio room and I'm losing out on revenue. Yeah. So I'm picturing almost like a small to media, almost like a field house set up for you. Right. It, it, for you, to turf, you know, turf on one spot and, uh, you know, maybe a quarter or a third of a hardwood for basketball. Yep. Yeah. So that, that brings me to probably the last point that, that we'll have a little bit to talk about here. Um, as you grow and expand, um, almost everybody I talk to, it's talking about this national labor crisis and how hard it is to find help in trainers. At a certain point, it sounds like you're going to need more people. Do you have 
um, community, people that you already kind of have in mind, like, um, or that you think might, might be trainers that you'd want to bring on down the line, or do you feel like you'll, you know, you'll have much of an issue finding those people as you grow? No, it's, it's an issue. And, uh, and it's an issue finding these trainers that are self-motivated and will bring in clients on their own, that I don't have to, uh, spoon feed them, you know, and, and clients that can attract customers because when people come in they know i want to work with you you know they just want to work with me but you know you got to find people good enough that can sell themselves to where they attract those people that want to work with them and that would help you know help me out a lot as well right because your goal i think as we we well established is as you grow you want to grow as a business owner not a self-employed trainer you want to hold on to your family time, spend time with the wife. And, yeah, man, and the, my, my time and freedom is more important to me than large revenue, to be honest, you know, man, I wish more people could get a solid handle on that. The, the way that I've always broken it down and, and I'll be interested to hear your take on it is if you're working a, a lot of hours, right? The majority of the time, and I don't, I don't knock anybody's hustle and pain dues and all that stuff, but on a long enough time span, if you're working a lot of hours and you're making a lot of money, the only thing you can really do is buy stuff, right? Absolutely. So if you're the type of person who likes stuff, who wants to have the biggest house and the biggest TV and a, and a Lamborghini, if that gives you joy, then you can do that when you, when you have money in no time, right? You're four or six weeks of vacation. But if you value time with your family, free time, flexibility, you know, things that you know, not to be cliche that money can't buy, there's like an equilibrium there where someone might say, you know, an extra hundred thousand in my bank account isn't worth four more hours of my day that I could be with my wife or my kid or working out or, you know, doing something I enjoy. So you feel like ultimately your path, I mean, both is nice, right? Money and free time is a nice combination, but you're more weighed out onto that, that free time personal fulfillment. Yeah, I mean, the the whole point of the gym is just to buy myself more time and freedom to be able to think, you know, read, go where I want to go, do what I want to do. You know, that's everything. That's that's what my job and gym is to me. That's the vehicle that gets me there. And, uh, you know, there's seasons of hustling and then there's seasons of like reaping those benefits, you know, and if I want to be able to. Uh, enjoy the sunshine when it's out, you know, I'm going to do it. Absolutely, man. I love that you, uh, you know, there's, we were having a conversation yesterday, myself and a, and a few people um, that I, that I kind of hold in high esteem on this. And the, the question that we talked about that doesn't get answered a lot is like, people always talk about what they want for their business. Like I want to have all this equipment in these classes, but a lot of times they lose sight of what they want from their business. Right. Like what is the business going to do for you? And, and you hit that on the nail, the nail on the head. It, the point for you is time, freedom, you know, ability to have the quality of life that you want rather than just go, you know, be a badass personal trainer somewhere, work 50, 60 hours a week, make a bunch of money, but you're, you know, you're, you're on somebody else's bus. You don't have control over, over anything that's going on. Like, you can earn, but for you, it's, it's, it's a different end game. And that's what the business serves for you. 
Yep. And then uh, I think it's important looking uh, like kind of reverse engineering it and thinking of like, uh, how's this business going to have an exit plan eventually for, you know, because you don't want to be doing this forever or, you know, an exit plan of retirement or, you know, however that's going to work. And that's kind of how I'm seeing it long term. Yeah, well, I mean, I feel like you probably got a lot of good years in you, right? We're a video, uh, audio podcast, and I don't want to guess how old you are, but I feel like you're not not near retirement age, and who knows? Um, yeah, 34. 34, there you go. Yeah. So so if this thing gets, let's say you get, you get it to be independent, to run itself, to be a cash flow asset, and either you keep it or you sell it, or, you know, the, I think the last thing um, – what else do you think is out there for you? Are there any other passions, any other careers, businesses outside of the fitness world that you think you might pursue? Yeah, man, I, I just love the, the hustle of buying and selling. So uh, if I could have a warehouse and stack tons of gym equipment, you know, and just hold on to it, sell it large pieces. And also would like to uh, just be like a gym liquidator. Whenever gyms go out of business, which we know they do all the time, all the go time. buy all their equipment and uh something a little off the gym path was uh i've been working towards is uh getting my dealer's license to uh go to car auctions and you know always have some inventory of cars that i can also sell on marketplace so uh so it's uh i mean really it's just a bigger scale flip you know per unit but it's still just the like same. gym equipment, but yeah, just a, you know, a bigger hit each time. Yep. Yeah. That, that's awesome, man. I love that. Again, that, that hustler mentality, the, the spirit of, you know, there's, we could get into all the nuances. We don't have the time, but I think there's, you know, you go buy the equipment, you can, you, you know, you set the price. Well, the market sets the price, but you figure out you buy it. There's a profit. It's done, right? You don't have to right. service it. You don't have to, that's that's a kind of a transaction where it's just profit in your bank account, whereas the service-based businesses that you have, it's dependent on recurrence and loyalty. Yeah, you're trading your time for money, you know? Yeah. You're trading your life for money. And uh, I'd rather trade assets for money than my time. Right, right. You can't, you can get everything else back except time. That's for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, I got one last question for you before we wrap up here. Um, a little more philosophical than tactical. Uh, you've been in the game a while. Your your entrepreneurial mind is is clearly always moving. You know, high speed here. Uh, if there's anything you could go back and tell yourself, you know, that you'd like to have known sooner, whether it's when you were a trainer, when you started the first gym, anywhere along this path that you've had, is there anything that you wish you could tap yourself yeah. on the shoulder? Yeah, the biggest one, man, is. I should have done everything I could have from day one to do a rent to own lease. You know what I mean? Now I'm looking at six, seven years of uh, pissing out my rent into the wind. When if I, you know, no matter what the deal was, if it was even that, at least I would have, I could have had the whole gym paid off by now. And I think you need to go into it realizing that owning your space is one of the most important parts of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Real estate is a huge it's everything, man. That's the big, that's the big game plan. Everything kind of leads up to that. That's it. They ain't making any more of it. Like they say, yep. so you got to get it while you can. All right, sir. 
last question. This is going to be an easy one before I let you go. Um, if our listeners want to find you, find either one of your gyms, find out more information, where do they go online? How do they search? How do they find you? Yeah, man, we're, uh, we're heavy on the Facebook at Empower Me Fitness, Empower Her Fitness. And then on uh, we do a little bit on Instagram, too. And you can uh, find us there. It's Justin Tool, T-O-O-L-E. And uh, you can't miss it. All right, sir. Well, I really appreciate your time. It's been a pleasure having you. I wish you continued success out there. Thank you so much for being with us. All right, man. Pleasure is all mine. Thank you. You're welcome. And to everyone out there listening, as always, we appreciate you. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Jim Ward's podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Mr. Harry Stickelman of Fleets Fitness Center, coming to you from Mansfield, Ohio. Harry, what's going on, man? How are you today? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I am very, very well. I'm excited to dive into this business. This business has quite a history to it. Obviously, you were not the person to open it up. This thing opened four or five decades ago, but talk to us a little bit about how you came to be involved and, and when all of that happened. Gotcha. Yeah, so, um, you know, Fleets uh, started in uh, 1983 um, by a guy named Don Van Fleet. Um, he was in Shelby, Ohio, uh, which is about 10, 12 minutes away from our current location. Um, he moved into Ontario in uh, 93 um, into a, a building he bought at a foreclosure auction, remodeled the building, built everything up himself. Um, I started uh, working out of the gym when I was 14 in 2008. Um, me and him became really close. Um, he offered me a job uh, in 2012. Um, my senior year of high school, I worked there full time. I had, you know, I was a key holder. Um, you know, I had a lot of responsibilities because he grew to trust me. Um, then as I went away to college and I was, you know, coming and going, we still stayed, um, uh, quite close. And then when I, when I left college and I came and I moved home, um, you know, I was just joking with him one day about telling him he needs to retire and, um, you know, cause he was mid sixties, 64, 65 and. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, he was like, you're right. Um, I think it's time I retire. 
Um, and he asked me if I wanted to buy the place. And that was beginning the middle of 2016. Um, took us a few months to figure out how to sell and buy a gym because he had never, he never considered um, letting the gym go. And, uh, and I had never bought a business before. Um, so by the end of 20, in December, 2016, you know, paper was finalized and, you know, and I was the owner. Um, it was, uh, it was a lot, it was a long process from when I started to when we, you know, when I took over, um, just because neither of us had ever really thought about it. It was just one of those things that kind of happened. Um, but he was always about, you know, the best person for the job. Um, so he said when, you know, as I got older, he started to realize that I was a good fit for taking over what he had mm -hmm. built. Um, you know, because starting a gym in the 80s and keeping it going until 2016, I mean, there, there's a lot of changes in the industry um, in that time frame. So finding someone that could keep up with that and that could handle that, um, that was a task. Because most people, um, they wanted the gym just because they wanted the money. They didn't want um, the business. They didn't want the history. You know, they didn't want to deal with the people or whatever. They just wanted, oh, hey, here's an existing business that's uh, profitable and going for a long time. You know, I want in. So, yeah, it was a, it was a wild ride. Literally happened by accident. Um, like I said, it started from a joke. Me telling yeah. me too old needed to retire, and then so. Well, here you are, right? Now you are in the ownership seat, no longer a joke. Um, but yeah. I think it's important to note one of the things that you mentioned there, in in the fitness industry being a bit unique in this, and and that's the the idea of separating passion from profits. And I don't think it needs to be that way. I think the gyms that have the most passion and the people that care the most tend to be profitable, right? Yeah. Those things don't need to be exclusive. Those things go hand in hand far more often mm -hmm. than we give credit for. As the business stands now, Harry, talk to us a little bit about the, the service here. The majority of this is open gym, people paying a membership, coming to use the facility and, and doing their own thing, correct? Yeah, so uh, we have no sign-up fee, no cancellation fee, no enrollment fee. Um, everyone pays the same price. We don't have classes. We don't have training. Um, we are literally just a gym. Uh, we, are, we either tell people we are just a place for you to come and work out. Um, you know, we'll, we hang out with you. We teach you what we can. We help you with what we can. You know, we'll spot you if we need to. Um, but you, if you come here, you know, you know what you're getting. You're on your own because we're not most people's first gym. Um, we're most people's last gym or their, or a serious, because we're a very, we're a more serious place. Um, we have a little heavier, heftier stuff. Um, so it's one of those things like when you come here, you know what you're getting in you're on your own. Yeah. And so you're on your own, right? We don't have any kind of formal coaching service, at least that's monetized. Is there a reason that you guys haven't implemented something like that? Yeah. You know, Quality of trainer is something that I put a huge emphasis on. You know, I, I, I genuinely love all my members. I love everyone. I appreciate everyone and I want the best for all of my members. So because of that, I make sure when, you know, when we hire someone, whether it's a front desk worker or a cleaner or a trainer, that it is someone that is, that's going to love the people or be very good at what they do. And, you know, I, cause I don't ever want to bring someone in that could be a detriment um, to the atmosphere, the vibe, or to the people. Um, and unfortunately, we just haven't found very many trainers that I think are, you know, 
have enough knowledge or mileage that would be beneficial to the members. Um, and that's just one of those things. And until we can find, you know, a consistent person that, you know, checks all some of these boxes, you know, we've just, just not had a trainer. Yeah. And so haven't found the, the perfect fit yet. And, and you're not alone in that. Everybody in the fitness industry wants to find more knowledgeable, more capable people. Is that something that you think you could handle internally, maybe bringing on a little more green of a trainer and, and training them along the way? Yeah, absolutely. We have, um, we have, we have some guys right now that um, they're good lifters. They're athletic, they're, you know, they're athletic guys. You know, they have a good, they have a good history of sports and lifting in they're They want to start getting into training. Um, we have one girl, she just graduated with a degree in exercise science. You know, she has a good lifting, um, you know, lifting history, you know, good sports history. So as some of these people, as they grow and get older, you know, definitely, I think we could take some, one of them on and be like, Hey, you know, help them get their toes wet and, you know, get them into the process and, and get them going. Um, just because I think there's some people that have the potential to be a great trainer. You know, they're personable. They, you know, they they check off all those boxes. Um, but yeah, they, but that goes back to the same thing. You know, just the right person. Um, but I think right. I think I wouldn't be surprised if this year, because we like I said, I've had a couple people start bringing it up that we might start considering it more than we have in the past. I see. Okay. And so, from a business perspective, the gym is collecting revenue from monthly memberships. And mm-hmm. is that it? Or do you guys do anything else? Uh, so monthly memberships, day passes and supplement sales. Um, gotcha. We have a, we have a small supplement shop. Um, you know, our supplement shop is 124 square feet. So it's yeah. not huge. Um, but we move a lot of product through that. That makes up for um, the other, you know, the other profit centers that we really don't focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we bring in hoodies uh, once a year for two or three months. Yeah. Same thing. We bring in shirts once a year for two or three months. Um, the designs and all that stuff and the options are super basic, super simple. Um, we don't even, we really don't even, ha- you know, branded merchandise. We don't even, we don't hammer that as much as we could. Um, but yeah, cause we just, you know, we focus on the gym and the, me- and the membership. So I think that's, that's interesting because I mean, this model, the open gym model is based on volume, right? We're trying to get people in at an affordable price. And there are so many opportunities of other ways that we can serve people, right? To your point, people looking for supplements, people looking for apparel and retail, coaching services, nutrition services, whatever else. And we can make each individual client that much more valuable. You guys really have any number of directions that you could take this. And so at least for the time being, let's figure out how to grow what we've got right and so that brings us to the idea of marketing and and what that means to get people in the doors in the first place what are you guys doing it's it's crazy um when i tell people my marketing strategy that most of the time they laugh we do nothing (laughs) um we we used to do billboards you know that used to be that was what the old old owner did that's what he taught me and you know I, i sat down one day with and with some marketing people and realized like we were getting almost no return on the billboards. So I said, okay, what happens if we just stop? And you know, they said, oh, we'll just try it. So we stopped doing billboards and our revenue and our membership just kept going up. Um, once a year, we will do a, a, um, a boosted ad on Facebook and Instagram. 
um, where we will, because we do, we don't, we only ever do sales, um, like a discounted membership, but we'll do one post a year and we'll literally spend five to $10 just to kind of remind people that we're still around. We thrive off of word of mouth. Um, and because we our, our philosophy is the people that want to be here will find us. Um, there's not, we live in such a, a small area. Um, we don't really have to compete for that market share just because there's no one that really does what we do. Um, so if we just, you know, if we do good at what we do and we just kind of remind people we're, we're here, you know, we're fine, which is so not common, so not the norm. Um, you know, I, literally our advertising budget is less than a hundred dollars a year. And yeah. that just most, most business owners and gym owners, they look at that and they go, how? but yeah. you know, well, how many members ability. do you guys have now? We're around 600. Okay. So is yeah, that we, where you want to be long-term? Are you guys pretty full? So we're, we get days that we're full. We're not consistently full. Um, I think we can, we could get some more members in the building right now. Um, we have a 10,000 square foot building with about 8,500, 8,700 square feet of workout space. Um, we've been seeing about 200 people a day throughout the week. Um, and there's only been a couple of times where like, you know, I've sat back and said, okay, we're getting a little full. Um, I think we could, we could get up to about that 750 mark in the building we're in now um, before we really start to get into um, like flow issues and, you know, have member satisfaction stuff or quality of workout. Um, the biggest issue for us as we get, you know, as we get over 600, it's honestly, it's our parking lot. We have a super undersized parking lot um, for the size of building we're in. Um, so that's more of the issue than the actual building itself. Yeah. And so somewhat of potential for growth, right? We could still handle 100, 150 additional people. And I, I mean, I talked to gym owners who have been around for 40, 50 years, and they still get people walking in like, man, I didn't even know you were here, man, this is crazy that, and so do you think at any point that that advertising budget will be something that you lean into a little bit more to help you guys get over that kind of plateau? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's one of those things. Uh, we've a lot of the money that we could be putting towards advertise. We've just prioritized and putting back into the gym. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. just focusing on small you know, small upgrades on like little things that most gym owners don't think about. Um, but it's just one of those that uh, I know there will be a time and a place where we have to crank the advertising budget. Right. Just, you know, because that's just how it's going to be. You know, word of mouth can only take you so far. Yeah, no, I think I think that's really insightful. And, and I think when we talk about making money and, and revenue and profitability and fitness, a lot of the time that gets associated with some sort of gym owner, absentee, not really around, just collecting checks and buying Ferraris and sipping mimosas on the beach, but it doesn't need to be that way. Profitable gyms can reinvest that money into equipment, into community parties, into whatever other things where we can give back to your point. But if we're not profitable in the first place, we cannot do those things, do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Steve, or Harry, excuse me, take us to the next step, right? Leads are leads. That's wonderful. We want to have interest in the gym, but it doesn't really translate to much until those people are converted into paying members. Walk us through a typical sales process. You mentioned no sign-up fees, 
no real frills, pretty as straightforward and bare bones as it gets. Who's handling that sales process in your gym? So, um, so there's me and two other employees. Uh, we, we have Mason, our manager, um, and then Matt's our morning guy. Um, Mason works full-time, Matt works part-time. Um, we all three have a slightly different sales process. Um, uh, Matt and Mason both come from Planet Fitness backgrounds. Um, you know, so for them, they don't really, you know, they try a little harder to sell the place. I let the place sell itself. Most of the time when people walk through the door, they're already convinced they're going to sign up or they're on the fence leaning towards signing up. Most of the time going through the spiel of, hey, you know, this is how much we cost. We don't have these fees. We don't have this. You know, we have key card access. You know, going over that spiel most of the time is good enough to put people over the fence into signing up. Hardly ever do we actually have to like sell, sell the place. You know, and if we really have to sell the place, most of the time, we just take them on a tour around the gym. We walk them around we show them what we have. And we'll literally say, hey, what gym did you come from? What gyms are you thinking about, you know, in the area? And, the, and then we will tell them what we do better. We don't, uh, you know, we don't really try to sell anything. We just let them know like, hey, this is what we have. This is what we offer. You're coming from X. We have X plus Y. Um, and we're also, one of the things people love is we're super transparent. If they come from a place that has X and they love X, but we don't have it, um, we tell them like, hey, we don't have that. It's on our list or it's not on our list of things we want to do or upgrade or whatever. You know, a lot of people just love the transparency, the honesty, um, and the simpleness of our approach. Because a lot of people come to us from facilities that have fees, contracts. You know, it's a 25-minute sign-up process. There's stuff they got to read. There's fine print, whatever. So our, our sales process is not even very salesy. But just for the environment we're in and the community we're in that does really well. Um, we have a plan of fitness, you know, two miles away. So we get, so every time they run their annual fee, we get people to come in and sign up um, just because they get hit with that fee that they didn't know about. They forgot about it. It overdrafts and whatever, you know, and they come in and say, yep, I don't want automatic payments. I don't want a gym with fees, whatever. I want to pay you cash and I don't want to have to worry about getting hit with XYZ. And yep. so a lot of times we don't even have to sell that. Right. And, and I think that's the way that sales goes or is going overall in the industry is, is for a long time, everybody was doing contracts, six month year contracts. People have gotten away from it. People got back to doing contracts. I think it's more pendulum swinging the other way and, and people getting away from complicated on just lawyer speak in terms of getting a gym membership. Um, and so I think, I think it's pretty common what you guys are doing now with no contracts and people just paying month to month is retention, a metric that you guys track or, or average length of membership. Is that something that you keep your eye on? We, we only pay attention to that people on the reoccurring bill. Um, if you come in and you get on the reoccurring billing, we will absolutely pay attention to how long you stay. Um, if you come in and you say, hey, I want to pay for one month, we, only, we assume you're literally going to be here for a month. Once, if we see someone that comes in and pays for a month and we notice that, okay, this is their second or third or fourth month in a row of paying cash or just doing a one-time payment or whatever, then we'll bring up like, hey, you might as well switch to the reoccurring billing, do this, do that, whatever. Um, but yeah, for the reoccurring billing people, we pay attention to, you know, what do their drafts go through? How many check-ins do they have? 
you know, we pay a lot of attention to those people because we base our revenue and our budget off the reoccurring billing people. Right. And those members in the paid in full people, the one-time payment people, the day, day pass guys, you know, that's just money on top. Mm-hmm. Um, so we absolutely do pay attention to that. Um, it's weird. We have, we have two focuses. We, we focus on each group a little differently and there's different metrics we focus on with each of those groups. Um, you know, one of the things that we found is that the people that do paid in full, their average age is substantially lower than the people that do the reoccurring billing. So when we have a, we have an 18 year old walk through the door, most of the time we just assume that they're going to pay in full. Um, and then we can, most of the time we can figure out how long they're going to be around just based off the time of year. You know, we have an 18 year old walk, you know, walk through the door in May or June. Okay. We were assuming they're going to be here till, you know, end of August because they're only here for summer break. And, you know, but if we have a 35 year old walk through the door in May or June, okay, they're, probably you know and if they go on the reoccurring billing we have a high probability of retaining them for um a couple of years yeah that so makes sense. yeah so it's two di- it's two different you know we monitor two different sets of metrics um we we look at metrics weekly um uh, me and mason my manager we sit down and we look at metrics every friday or every saturday and we say like hey this is how things are trending this is what's going on we even go over um, you know, people that put into um, collections, we go over people that were, you know, that have canceled. Um, and we try to look for those anomalies, especially um, those on reoccurring billing. You know, we get, if we see, you know, four or five people in a week that cancel that were reoccurring billing, we really try to do like a self audit of like, okay, what has happened in the, pe- you know, in recent, you know, at the gym, you know, that has made this happen. We look over, you know, cancellation codes, we do a decent amount of monitoring for those people just since we are so flexible, we have to make sure that base is super stable. Yeah. I think, I mean, in the most simplistic way, this is a profit business and and money in versus money out is the ultimate scoreboard. And if we don't know month to month, how much money we have coming in, it's really, really hard to make any kinds of plans for the business. Mm -hmm. So that needs to be something front of mind, at all times. And so Harry, for you, I mean, this whole conversation has been around growth and and profitability and how we can ensure that this gym sticks around for the long term. What's your vision for this here moving forward? What's, what's kind of the big picture? Yeah. So, um, you know, I've always had big dreams and big aspirations to this place. Like I said, when I started here at 14, um, I saw this place was a diamond in the rough. I saw that the old owner, um, just as he got older, was just not able to keep up with what the place needed. And I really saw that this place was, you know, it was, this place was catering to so many different um, training styles. I just, I knew this place had a lot of potential. Um, so ever since I took over, we've had the, you know, we've been talking about expansion and, and a, a new construction for a new building um, because we've, we, like I said, we've had some pretty ambitious goals. Um you know, end of, end of 2019, beginning of 2020, we really started um, focusing on uh, new construction for a building about twice the size that we're in, um, just because we're really trying to, um, we really want to maximize what we can offer. Uh, we know that we have, we have a couple people that they do CrossFit, but we're not a CrossFit gym, you know, so we don't have the space. We have some people that they do strongman. We have some strongman stuff, but we don't really have the space for strongman. Um, so we know that if we can, if we can expand, um, and just do a bigger, you know, footprint of a building, 
we can maximize just the train, you know, the number of training styles that we have going on in our gym. And we can really offer something unique from, you know, just to our members, just because we have so many options. Yeah. So I'm hoping, you know, end of this year, middle of this year, we can, we can really set in stone um, the date for uh, breaking ground, hopefully end of the year or beginning of next um, for a building that's going to be a, just under 20,000 uh, usable square feet. Um, and that's, that's really what I've been focusing on for the past couple of years. And, you know, that's kind of my end game, um, you know, big building, big parking lot, super functional, super open, um, you know, being able to, you know, check off a lot of boxes of training styles. Um, yeah, so that's, that's my, you know, that's really what I want to do because yeah, my building has history, but my building's laid out weird and, it's just, you know, there's a, we have a, we have 200 pieces of equipment, you know, 200 pieces of equipment and 10,000 square feet, you know, those, you know, that's hard to put those two numbers together, but 200 pieces of equipment at 10,000 square feet, that's, that's packed. Yeah. That's especially when, yeah. Especially when you add, when you add 50, 60 people, that gets very, very tight. So, yeah. you know, so I, I think, think the people, I think it's important. I mean, most of the time when I talk to gym owners, they do what they do because, they want to help as many people as possible, right? We hear the phrase all the time. I just wanted to help people. I want to help as many people as I can. And so for you to be able to do that and really take this thing to the next level, you think construction and, and our own project at some point down the line, I think that's a cool conversation, but uh, one that we'll have to save for another day for sure. Cause that could go on for hours and hours and talking about commercial space and what everything that comes with that. Harry, as we start to wrap this whole thing up, I want to give you the chance to shout out where people can learn a little bit more about this. Is there a website? Is there social media? Where should people go? Yeah, so literally the best thing people can do is we have uh, an Instagram account um, for our Submit Shop, Fleet Submit Shop, and then, you know, Fleet's Fitness Center on Instagram, um, and then myself on Instagram. Um, yeah, we have websites, but we're not very active on them. We're the most active on Instagram um, by far. We post stuff daily for the supplement shop, daily for the gym, um, whether it's on the stories or, you know, on the feeds, whatever. Um, that's where you can see really what we have to offer and we can really see what we have going on. Um, we don't have a lot of website traffic, so we just don't focus on it. We have a ton of uh, social media traffic. So Instagram is, um, has been our big thing over the past like two years. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I, I really appreciate and I, and I always enjoy the chance to to dig in on, on owners mindsets and see what makes them tick and what they're actually focused on when it comes to operating and growing a business like this. So I, I really appreciate your time and wish you nothing but the best here moving forwards, man. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, yeah, I, I love fitness, but also I love the business of fitness and I love having the opportunity to talk about the business of fitness because it's something a lot of people don't, you know, talk about and it's not a conversation I get frequently. So, yeah. Well, sir, we'll have to get you on again down the road and see where this construction project takes you. How's that sound? Definitely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's starting to give me gray hairs already and we haven't even started. So, <laughs> um, no, that's definitely, you know, it's a whole new world for me. It's a whole new, you know, whole new challenge, whole new, uh, just new experiences across the board. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes and see what happens. Yep. Man, thank you for your time. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. 
if you want to be if you want to come on the show to talk about your business model and how that relates to the fitness industry click the link in the description fill it out our team will be in touch with you soon and as always until next time jim lords out Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.